First Peter chapter two, verse number two, the scripture says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. I want us to read this one more time. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may, everyone say, grow. That you may grow thereby. I want to speak today uh, on a simple subject, which is growing Christians. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the sweet spirit that we feel. I pray now, God, because this is your church, we are your people, these are your sheep, and I am your vessel. Now, God, I pray that you will speak to me, Lord. Help me to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. We give you glory now. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. If you're ready to receive that word, let's clap our hands unto the Lord one more time. You may be seated, presence of the Lord. The book of 1 Peter, if you're familiar with that, was written just before the time the Roman Emperor Nero began his persecution of Christians. The book of 2 Peter was written two or three years later after persecution had intensified. 1 Peter was a letter of encouragement to the Christians who suffered. But 2 Peter focuses on the church's internal problems, especially false teachers who were causing people to doubt and turn away from Christianity. Second yeah. Peter also combats their heresies by denouncing the evil motives of the false teachers and reaffirming Christian truths. It reaffirms the authority of the scripture and the importance of faith in the Lord and him alone. It also reaffirms that there is a certainty that Jesus will return soon. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter number 3, starting at verse number 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. There's going to be people that come and mock, walking after their own lust. They're going to mock because they want to do what they want to do. It says in saying, where is the promise of the coming? Where's this Jesus y'all been saying is going to return? The Bible says that this is going to happen in the last days. So if you hear people mocking and scoffing, saying Jesus is not returning, y'all been talking about that for thousands of years and he's still not coming. The Bible lets us know that there will be people that do that. But listen to the instructions here. It says, for the fathers fell asleep. All things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this, they willingly are ignorant. They're ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Now, let me give some understanding here so we understand what Peter is talking about here. Peter's trying to give clarification that when God says something, it's going to happen. And it's been that way from the beginning. So if Jesus, if the Lord God Almighty says that he is returning, then he shall return. The Bible lets us know here, it says in verse number five, that the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Peter is validating Genesis chapter number one, starting at verse number nine. The scripture says, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear and it was so and God called the dry land earth and gathering together of the waters called he sees and God saw that it was good 
The scripture goes on to say back in 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 6, whereby the world that was then, that then was being overflowed with water, it perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Peter's letting us know that God allowed everything to take place from the beginning. When God said it, it was so. When God spoke it, it was so. But then when he calls the ungodly people to perish that did not believe Noah, when Noah was building the ark and he gave them opportunity to get in the very ark that many of them helped Noah build, but none of them got in the ark to save, save his family, those eight souls that were saved. And the water, the earth was covered with water. There was a complete flood that drowned out everyone. The Bible lets us know that the same earth heaven and earth here when it speaks about heaven it's not speaking about the throne where the lord god resides it's talking about the sky the atmosphere if you will that all of this will also perish and go away but this time is going to be by fire so the bible goes on to say in verse number eight in second peter chapter three it says but beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day it says the lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering toward usward not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance the bible says but the day of the the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that there in they the Bible says therein shall be burned up I'm thankful to the Lord because the Bible says that he is not willing that anyone should perish but that we all come to repentance church I want to let you know that we ought to be thankful that the Lord has not returned yet I know many of us are anxious for his return and I'm one of them, but I'm thankful because I have many family members that have still not given their life to Jesus Christ. I don't know, that may not affect you, but that does affect me. And so while I'm saying, Lord, come quickly, I'm thankful for his mercy. I'm thankful for his long suffering because there's still many family members and I'm saying, Lord, get a hold of them. Get a hold of their heart before it's too late. Because God does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But I want to let you know that the Lord is coming soon. It's what's interesting here is that the Bible says that one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Now that's a long day. I don't know. I don't know about you, but it, it, the years are getting shorter, but the days are getting longer. Anybody ever heard of that before? Uh, but that's a long day. That means 1,000 years has to pass before God's like, okay, day one's over. Uh, that's, that's a very long day. Now, you know, I have my Eddieisms or pastorisms, and I've taught on this before. This is a pastorism, not necessarily scripture here, but just something I believe. I know, uh, according to scripture, Genesis through Revelation, where the Lord puts emphasis on three days. You see a lot of things taking place on day three, day three, day three, day three. Jesus rose on day three. We understand the significance of the number three. Well, if you take in consideration how we calculate our years, we know it's calculated A, D, and B 
BC. It's either uh, before Christ or after his death. And now we know we're in the year of 2022 after his death. That's how we calculate our years. And if you understand, the scripture says one day is as a thousand years, a thousand years as of a day. And so that will let us know that we are in day three so this is day three of how the lord calculates those things and and so if we look at the significance of how the lord always put emphasis on three days well i believe that jesus is coming soon because i know that we are in the third day and so the, 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 the scripture lets us know as we continue on in Second Peter chapter 3, drop down to verse number 13. The Bible says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things. He says, be diligent. If you have your Bibles, that is important to underline, circle, highlight that word, be diligent diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless so and understand in order for you and i excuse me to understand on how to be diligent well we must go back to chapter number one all of you that were here with me in our noonday bible class uh this past wednesday you're going to have to excuse me because we're going to deep dive into this a little bit more I, I just can't shake what i was teaching in my noonday bible class last wednesday and i want i want to dive back into the subject here because this is why we must continue to grow in the lord because he is a soon coming king and we must learn how to be diligent so the bible gives us here in second peter we find character qualities to help us develop in this christian life so in second peter chapter number one follow me here starting at verse number five it says and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith now paul's right there this is important for us to understand that peter starts out with the word faith and he says we are to add to our faith so that lets us know that it must start with our faith faith is the foundation of our christian walk we know according to hebrews that without faith it is impossible to please god so we must start with faith he that cometh to god must believe that he is so he says now that you have faith in the lord now you must add to your faith and then he says add to your faith virtue virtue is moral goodness or modesty virtue is also considered modesty moral goodness so add to your faith some moral goodness then once you have that you add to your virtue knowledge it's important to have understanding the bible lets us know that we are to get wisdom but in all thy getting get an understanding then he says add to that knowledge temperance temperance is self-control he says once you have virtue then you add knowledge and then you add some self-control and then with that you will add patience we need patience patience is none other than endurance it is important for us to understand that this is a walk of salvation we are in an endurance race he that endureth into the in the same shall be saved it's important for us to understand that we must have endurance and then he says add to your patience yes to your patience godliness godliness is reverence or respect it is important for us to have reverence and respect because the scripture lets us know that the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom now that is what we lack in our day we lack the fear or the reverence of the lord 
If we had more reverence or fear of the Lord, then many of us in the world and also in the church wouldn't do certain things that we just follow our flesh after because even when people aren't around even when I'm by myself I'm going to have enough reverence of the Lord that I know that he's watching all the time that is important for us to remind ourselves of is that when nobody else is looking God's always looking God's with you in the mountaintop. He's with you in the valley low. Whether the lights are on or whether the lights are off, God is always there. And so we must have a fear or a reverence of the Lord. And then the Bible goes on to say, the scripture says, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you, listen what the Bible says, not only do they have to be in you, but they must abound in you. So therefore you can have these qualities, but the scriptures letting us know that those qualities can also not be there anymore. So when you obtain these qualities, it is important for you to abound in these qualities. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. How? In the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that the Lord puts emphasis on knowing him. He's not putting emphasis on the things that you have or don't have, but he says you're not going to be barren or unfruitful in knowing him. Because oftentimes we don't have what we don't have due to lack of knowledge. If we had an understanding of who he is and what he's able to do, then we would receive more things that are from above. And even when you don't receive those things, you know he's still worthy of the praise because we have a greater knowledge of him. And so the scripture lets us know that we won't be barren. We won't be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But in verse number nine, look what it says. But he that lacketh these things is blind. But the Bible says, and cannot see afar off. So the scripture is letting us know that this blindness is not a complete blindness. Because the Bible says they're blind, but they cannot see afar off. So that lets us know that they can see, but they're only nearsighted. Mm -hmm. Remember the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish now oftentimes we relate that to leadership and yes very much so but that also goes for you and i as well if we don't have a vision for our life if we don't have vision for our family then you will soon perish because you're only going to operate in the right now in the what's in front of you and many times when we operate that way we become selfish because we're not thinking about the big picture. It's hard for any corporation, any business, the church, and your household to operate when you're only thinking of the here and you're not thinking about the later. It is important for us to plan in our life. We are to live for God as if he's coming today, but we are to plan as if he's coming 30 years from now. It is important for us to plan for our future. It is important for families and husbands and wives to have a vision for the family. I can help a lot of marriages right now, a lot of people right now. If I was to ask you, what is your vision for your family? What is your vision for your household? You should be able to talk about your vision. You know, there are many people that can talk about the vision for the job, but they can't articulate the vision for the home. It is important for you and I to be able to articulate the vision for your own household. Because without a vision, trust me, 
you will perish. And without that vision, you won't be able to pray properly for your family. But if I've got a vision for my wife, I've got a vision for my children, even when I'm going through bad days, I can still say, Lord, uh, I've got a vision. And I know that we're not going to remain here, but you will bring us out. Because I have a vision. And so it is important for us to have these qualities, these character qualities in our heart and they must abound because otherwise we're going to be blind and we're not able to see afar off. The Bible says, and he's not done yet. In verse number nine, he says, and you have forgotten that he was purged or he was purged from his old sins. Sometimes we can forget how good God has been to us. I was teasing the Whitakers at their birthday party because there was a picture that I will keep in confidence that I seen at the table uh, because I love them so much. I will not give the, the details of the picture and somebody saying, thank you, praise God. But, 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 but see, sometimes we, we soon forget where the Lord has brought us from. And it is important for us not to forget where God has brought us from because then you won't take on the characteristic of looking down upon other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't, don't, don't forget where you were and where you used to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. It is important for you not to, uh, you know, soon forget that you weren't always where you are right now. And hopefully no one in here has the mindset that you have arrived. Because if you have, please come on up here and teach the rest of us. I will gladly take a seat right here in this front row. You, you, you haven't arrived yet. We're on this journey. Remember, endurance race. But that's why we must continue to remember where God has brought us from. You know, there's nothing more powerful sometimes than your testimony. For you to tell somebody, you know, I used to do that. You know, I used to be that way. You know, I used to go there. But God has brought me out. Sometimes people just want to hear your testimony. You don't have to give them Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 sometimes because they might not fully understand that. You understand that, but they don't understand that. But if you tell them, I used to be here, I used to go there, I used to talk like this, but the Lord has brought me out. That's powerful. When, when, when someone can just hear that and we cannot forget that we've been purged from our old ways. Now, I, I want to deal very quickly with temperance and, and self-control, uh, which is in verse number five or six. I think it's in verse number six. It says, and to knowledge, temperance and to temperance, patience. I want to deal with temperance or, or self-control there just for a minute because many try to teach that our salvation is by grace alone and we are not to work towards our salvation. Now, I want to be clear that you cannot earn your salvation. You can't check enough boxes to earn your salvation. There is nothing in this Bible that says if you do this, this, and this, and this as a self-righteousness sake that you will earn your salvation. There's nothing you can do. 
is by the grace of God. I, I want to be clear about that, that you cannot earn your salvation. It's only by the grace of God that you and I are here today. My issue, listen very closely here, is that you cannot say that it is not important to be baptized because it is a self-righteous work. That you cannot say. Baptism is an act of obedience to the gospel. You get baptized because you believe in the gospel. And if someone tells you that it's not important, I don't care if they're a preacher, teacher, I don't care if they're your family member. If someone tells you that it's not important to be baptized, then they are not a believer of the gospel. You can be a believer so-called in God and not a believer in the gospel. Some of you are saying, There's, that's not possible. Oh, yes, it is. You better, ask, you better ask many people in our world today. They can believe in God, but not believe in the gospel. Because if you believe in the gospel, then you're going to believe in the obedience to the gospel. The Bible says, look at what Jesus said in the book of Mark, chapter number 16, starting at verse number 15. He says, and he said unto them, speaking of Jesus, go ye into all the world and preach the, someone say gospel. I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to do it to every creature, every creation that is out there. I want you to preach that gospel. And verse number 16 says, he that believes, believes in what? Believes in the gospel he that believes and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned baptism is not a work of righteousness my friend baptism is available because of the work at calvary That's why baptism is made available if he never would have came and died for our sins there would be no purpose for baptism but it's because I had a savior that came down from heaven that died for our sins. Now I can have an opportunity to have my sins cleansed and washed away completely. And it's my belief in that gospel. Then it's my obedience to that gospel. Why we get baptized. That's why baptism is made available look at what the scripture says I, I don't know if I gave you this scripture verse but if you can give me first Peter uh, chapter number uh, three. First Peter chapter number three uh, verse number 20 I don't know if I gave you that scripture verse but first Peter chapter three verse number 20 if you can have that uh, ready for him. we're going to read verse 20 and verse number 21 Okay, look what the Bible says. It, which, it says, which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God, look at that, the grace of God. The long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was a preparing. Wherein few, that is only eight souls were saved. How were they saved? By water. The Bible says in verse number 21. It says here, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now, everyone say now, baptism doth also now save 
us. The scripture is letting us know that baptism is important and that it's not a self-righteous work of righteousness. Uh -uh, uh -uh, it's not a self-righteous work, excuse me, but it, it is a work because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Because he died and buried and was rose and rose again, it gives us an opportunity to die and be buried and rise again in newness of life. That's why I'm thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we can not only believe in the gospel we must obey the gospel and that's why we repent of our sins that's why we're baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost I'm telling you my friend somebody here today needs to make the choice to believe and obey the gospel of Jesus Christ if you consider yourself somebody here today that believes in God will obey the word of God by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you right now and prick your heart that you don't wait another day, you don't wait another second, you don't wait for another Bible study, you don't wait for another Sunday, but you say, you know what? I've been thinking about being baptized in the name of Jesus, but I've been told my whole life that I don't need to be baptized because it's a work of righteousness. That is a lie. That is a false doctrine. I'm here to preach the Bible to you. The Bible says you must be born again of water and of spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of God somebody today make a decision to go down in the name of Jesus Christ I'm telling you you are surrounded by people that's been changed how have you been changed because I've been buried in the name of Jesus well I didn't mean to wake everybody up at one time but I do feel like preaching just for a little bit I'm telling you you ought to make a decision today to be baptized in the name in the name of Jesus. Why? Listen to me. Because it's not a work of self-righteousness. Are you hearing me? That is a lie. That is a false teaching. It is not a work of self-righteousness. No, no, no. You're not doing something to show or display to people, hey, look what I've done. If you're doing it for that reason, you did it for the wrong reason anyway. Uh-huh. You don't need to be baptized. It's just an outward expression of what you inwardly believe. Here's the problem. It is an outward expression of what you inwardly believe, but it still must be done. According to scripture, it must be done. Because the Bible says that the people in Noah's day were saved by water. The like figure, we are also saved by water. Why? Because... The Bible says that you must do something. There must be some sort of work. Prove that, preacher. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. James chapter 2, verse number 14. The Bible says, what doth it profit, my brethren, that a man say he hath faith, but he have no works? What does it profit me to say I have faith in God, but I do nothing to display my faith in God? Oh, I believe in your son. I believe in your daughter. I believe that you can do this. I believe that you're great at that. But I never show up at your recital. Think about it. My, my parents were, 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 were very supportive of me. Now that I'm older, I thank the Lord for that. They were very supportive. They would come to, I mean, every event, everything I had. I had grandparents. I mean, they, they all would come. If Eddie Robinson's doing something, I mean, they, they show up. 
Here comes the Robinsons. <laughs> Taking up like three rows. Here we come. We, we supported one another. I remember one time when I had a, I had a solo. Not singing. See, uh-huh, see, uh-huh. It was a drum solo. Praise God. It was a drum solo, and I had this solo in, in the band. I think I was in seventh grade. And uh, I was excited about it. been practicing a long time. And my parents calls me to be late, and I miss my solo. Sorry, Mom, if I, if I just hurt your feelings right there, but they made me late from a solo, and I didn't show it outwardly. I didn't start crying, but inwardly, I was, I was like, man, that's my solo. That's, that was my shining moment. That was my moment to get my big contract with whatever band, you know, uh, that was out there going to be watching the seventh grade recital, right? That was my moment. And, 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 and I, miss, I missed it. I still walked up there and played the rest of the, the concert. My parents were so hurt that they went out and bought me a brand new video game console and games and everything. I mean, they were sick. They went straight to the store. They bought whatever the latest thing was. I don't know, Nintendo or I don't know what was back then. But they bought me this and they bought me all this stuff and all this stuff. And, and, I, and I didn't tell them, but in my mind I said, I want to be late all the time. <laughs> we can just miss every solo if I'm going to get all this stuff didn't quite work out that way the Bible says what does it profit if a person says he has faith but he doesn't have any works look what it says can faith save him Verse number 15 says, if a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? What does it profit? I was telling our noonday Bible class, I, I said, there was a, a, a photo that I, I enjoy, and I wish I had this picture. I would show it up on the screen here, but I, I can't find it. There was a photo of someone that was working in the missionary uh, field and they were uh, overseas somewhere in a third world country and uh, and this and this lady and her husband were going around passing out Bibles in this third world country and you've seen a picture of all these little kids looking at this person with this with this look on their face like what are you doing why are you handing us Bibles we're hungry we need food we need, we need clothing. We, you know, we don't have clothes. We don't have food. Like, why are you giving us this stuff? Now, see, this is what the scripture is, is referring to. He says, if you have someone that is in need of things, but then you say, go in peace, be filled, be warm. God's going to bless you. But we don't give them the natural things that they need. It, it doesn't make any sense. The Bible says, even so, faith, in verse number 17, if it hath not works, it is dead being alone verse number 18 says yea a man may say thou hast faith and I have works he says show me thy faith without thy works and I will show ye my faith by my works see this is where I can tell visually that a Christian is growing in the Lord they will show their faith by their works it is important to understand, my friend, that if you believe in him, that you will obey him. 
And if you will obey him, then you will do the things necessary to make sure that you are ready to meet Jesus. I want to let you know, I'm telling you, if you have faith in him, then you will step out by faith according to his word and say that I want to be saved it is important my friend and when I'm talking about salvation I'm talking about the steps of salvation I'm talking about the process someone say the process the process of salvation why because salvation is a process it's a continual thing because even when I've repented and been baptized and filled with his spirit I still gotta live a life that's pleasing in his sight it is a continual process to live for the Lord and when you have faith in him then you will do the things necessary to be obedient to his word because when I show my faith by my works you know that's when I'm going through bad times but I still clap my hands I still lift my voice even when things are happening in my home that doesn't stop me from magnifying him in my home I still walk around my living room and say this is your house this is the day that the Lord has made I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it even when I don't see things operating the way I think they should go in my home and around me I still lay hands upon my children and say these are blessed of God you gave me these children they're going to be healed they're going to be blessed they're going to live for you I still do things according to the faith that I have where in his word because I show my faith by my works so it is important here today to not allow any type of spirit to try to trick you to say, because I believe, I'm okay. Woo, hallelujah. It, it, it is important to understand that when you are baptized and filled with his spirit, that is not a work of righteousness. It's only available because of his grace. Because he didn't have to come and die for our sins. But he chose to, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. The scripture says he what? Endured the cross. And because we have a savior that did that for us, that I believe in. Remember when Jesus met uh, Thomas, he said, Thomas, you have seen me. That's because you believe. But he says, blessed are they that have not seen and they still believe. We still believe that we serve a savior with nail prints in his hands, with nail prints in his feet, with a piercing in his side. We still believe that. I have not seen it, not once. But I still believe it. I have not seen our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I believe every time I call upon his name, he's going to be right there. I still believe it. I have not seen him. I have not touched him. But boy, I feel him. I know he's around me. He's in me. He's with me every single day and because of that it gives me a reason to throw up my hands it gives me a reason to shout hallelujah it gives me a reason to say thank you jesus it gives me a reason to dance it gives me a reason to shout and i haven't seen him i haven't seen him but i know he's real are you hearing me I said, I haven't seen him, but I know he's real. And see, that this is where I need a few witnesses here. Because there are people here today that need to understand and know that Jesus is real. I said he's real. Uh-huh. It's important as a growing Christian that we have these characteristics in our life. Because if you don't and they don't abound in your life, then you won't grow as a Christian. 
it is the will of God for you to grow as a Christian. To have these characteristics abound in you so that other people can see there's opportunity, or can I use this word, hope for me. Because if they can grow, then I can grow. If they can elevate, then I can elevate. If they can change, I can change. If they can have mercy, I can have mercy. If you can show compassion, I can show compassion. If you can forgive, there's a word right there, forgiveness. If you can forgive, then I can forgive. Mm -hmm. It is important for us to understand that. Because why? Because there's an expectation for us to grow. There's an expectation for us to continue to elevate in him. It is not his will for you to give your life to him and then remain where you are. Because I, I'm sorry to let you know, but if you try to, to remain stagnant, you will end up going backwards. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when we're, uh, I'm just say at our lowest points, I would challenge you to look back over the last 30 days of your life and, and, and how have you prayed? How, how, have you, how have you worshiped? I'm not talking about just within these four walls. I'm talking about lifestyle, right? right. right? How, how have you worshiped? How, what are those things? Because when those things abound in you, I'm telling you, whether you're high or low, God will continue to sustain you. Has there anybody been in here, anybody in here ever been sustained by the Lord? You know, even when you're going through the, the lowest times in your life and your family, God still sustained you. I, I'm not talking about you didn't have tears coming down. No, you had those tears. You had hurt feelings. You, you had some days when you didn't feel like getting up, but God has sustained you. You didn't really know who to turn to, who to call, but God has sustained you. Amen, lights. And, 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 and so it's, it's important to, to understand that, that God is a sustainer. He wants you to know that he is a sustainer in all of your life. I know many of you are heavy burden in here. I know many of you are going through certain things in your life that you're just trying to figure out. I know you're trying to figure it out. But why don't we just let the Lord work it out? Can, can I throw you a curveball? Has God ever failed you before? I know I didn't have 100% participation with that answer, but I really want you to think about that. Has God ever failed you before? Now, let's, let's flip that around. Have you failed him before? Now, think about that. We serve a God who we have failed, but he never fails us. That's, that's, I want you to think about that now. We have failed him, but he's never failed us. I feel God's spirit right here, right now. Come on, let's lift our hands all across this place. Come on, lift your hands, lift your hands. Let's lift our hands in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands, lift your hands. That's it, come on. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Amen. 
Musicians, singers, you can come. I'm done preaching. There are a number of you here today. You believe in God. And I'm challenging you to believe in the gospel. Mm -hmm. I'm challenging you today to believe in the gospel. I'm challenging you this morning to not wait another day. Don't wait another week. Believe the gospel. Believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Believe in the born-again process. Don't just believe in him. Believe something about him. And know that he died for your sins. And that because you believe in that, I'm going to get buried in the name of Jesus Christ. Not according to Pastor Robinson, but according to the scripture. Because when I baptize you, I don't baptize you in the name of Eddie Robinson. That won't do a thing. But I'm going to baptize you in the name that's above every name. In the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's in that name. And I'm telling someone here today, I'm telling you, make that choice to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I believe in him. I'm going to say it one more time. It is not a work of self-righteousness. That is a false teaching. It is an act of obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture says. And I'm going to show my faith. How? By my works. Because faith without works, without action, then your faith is dead. You might as well not even have faith. But because I have faith, I'm going to put some action behind my faith and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. There's somebody here today, you've been dealing with many things in your life and you've been praying and asking the Lord, Lord, I need your help. I'm asking you to put some action behind your faith and you're going to rise to your feet right now. You're not going to pray, but you're going to call upon the name of the Lord and you're going to begin to give him praise and glory. You're going to begin to thank him and magnify him. Why are you going to do that? Because I'm going to put faith into action. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to say, Lord, I don't know what my tomorrow may hold, but I'm going to trust in you right now. And I know that you're able to do all things in the name of Jesus.